You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Hi, folks. How are you? Um, apologies if you can hear um, my kids in the background. They're on devices. It's a hard life trying to drag them off screens. But we've just had dinner. I needed to come and talk to you guys. So I told them they could have an hour. So much hilarity ensues downstairs. So I apologise if you can hear them screaming or being overzealous on roadblocks in the background. But thank you for joining me for the second episode that we released this week. Um, as I said last week on the show or on a previous episode, we have been inundated with wonderful guests. So we thought rather than um, miss out on getting the opportunity to not just talk to people, but also enthuse about their work, um, we decided that we would release two episodes a week for the next couple of weeks. So already released this week on Monday, we had Denis Villeneuve uh, talking about June, working with Hans Zimmer. And since then, of course... Part two has been announced. Whoop, whoop. So excited about that. Oh, and there goes my phone. Must remember to turn it off. Um, such good news. Such good news that it's been given the green light. I don't know if you've been to the cinema to see it yet. If you haven't, you should. Uh, I sort of audibly screeched at the screen as it came to an end because I didn't want it to end and I wanted more. So I'm very excited that there is going to be uh, the next instalment of June coming in 2023. Brilliant. Bravo, everybody involved. Amazing. Uh, but if you haven't listened to Denis from earlier this week at uh, Talking June, then please do so. In fact, the last couple of weeks have been pretty special, to be honest. Um, Todd Haynes talking about his Velvet Underground doc. Michael Palin from our live at widescreen. Uh, we had Daniel Hart and David Lowry talking to Green Knight. And Stuart and Barry from Mogwai, who we should say a massive congratulations to, for picking up Scottish Album of the Year. Yes! I love it. Such great news. Anyway, um, coming up over the next couple of weeks, we have the likes of Hans Zimmer, Reggie Yates, uh, Pablo Laran talking about Spencer. I'm really, fingers crossed, going to get a hold of St. Vincent um, about this film, The Nowhere End. Chloe Zhao talking about Eternals. Uh, Jason Reitman talking about Ghostbusters. We've got so many great guests on the way. I'm so excited. And this week's, in fact, this episode is no exception because our latest guest on soundtracking is a composer. And I honestly can say that we've been trying to pin him down since day one of this podcast back in August 2016. Alexandra Desplat is a true giant of the film scoring business, having been nominated for numerous Oscars and winning one for his work on Wes Anderson's Grand Budapest Hotel and for The Shape of Water. And if you are in any doubt as to his credentials, he's worked with the likes of, in no particular order, George Clooney, Stephen Frears, Greta Garway, Catherine Bigelow, David Fincher, Terence Malick, Nora Ephron, Roman Polanski and Ben Affleck. But it's to discuss his latest collaboration with Wes that Alexandra joins us today. The typically idiosyncratic, fabulous The French Dispatch. As always, his music beautifully complements the quirky visuals, humour and narrative presented to us by everyone's favourite offbeat director. As illustrated by this cue. 
animated car chase. We needed some other people to make it happen, but finally, Alexander, how are you, sir? I'm well, thank you. And you? Very good, thank you. Very good indeed, yeah. Um, lovely to see you and lovely to be in a cinema and hear your music, which is <laughs> even better. Oh, I had such fun watching The French Dispatch last week. It's really crazy, huh? Oh, it's bonkers, but brilliant, is how I would describe <laughs> it. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, he's mad. He is, but nobody makes films like him. That's what's no, so I know, great. I know. It's... Yeah, he has no fear. That's why I think, you know, he, he just goes with his imagination and let it let it grow and let it uh, create a, a special object that nobody could uh, imagine aside from him. You know that thing where people encourage you to be more childlike and to try and step outside of all the 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 things that life throws at you and just allow yourself to be. That's what I feel when I step into the cinema for one of his films is I kind of leave everything at the door and just it's, and it encourages you to do that even once you've left the cinema, which I think is a really great thing. Yeah, there's something about his film. It's like, um, as we, as we, as you, you just, what you just said makes me think of, uh, and I never thought about that, but he, his movies are, are like uh, pop-up books. <laughs> so some pop-up books that you would buy or your kids, and you have not yet, you don't have no idea what's inside, and then you open it slowly, and what? <laughs> Things come out, and it's so unpredictable, you know? I think if you had a camera on people's faces as they were watching his films, every particular, well, with the French Dispatch, with the kind of episodic, you know, the chapters of it, and every time something, you kind of, you're the awe in your face, just of the visuals of trying to scan the, the screen to see all these beautiful colours and, uh, and images and actors and then on top of that your your music it's just yeah it's uh it's been a fabulous central overload <laughs> great thank you um tell me how how it works with Wes because you've worked with him and um, if you don't mind I'd love to find out how you started working together because I know that I have you for for a little while Alexandra and the idea that we are going to be able to even skim the surface of your work is impossible so I thought it might be quite nice just to to talk about working with Wes and it gives me the opportunity as well to talk about my my love of so many of his scores that you've you've worked on for my kids and I particularly fantastic Mr Fox which I think we've watched 12 times in lockdown <laughs> <laughs> but um and then a couple of others but let's talk about the French dispatch how does how does a Wes Anderson project present itself to you at what point does he does he send you a script or how does it work well, if, you, if we go back to the history, I was lucky to 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 meet him through uh, Stephen Gigan, who had uh, who had directed Syriana, mm -hmm. which I scored, and I met Wes, and he just you know, genuinely said, "Oh, I'm editing a movie in Paris. Would you like to see it and and write the score?" So I went and and met with him, and that's where we started, Mr. Fox. And Mr. Fox was such a beautiful rendering, and everything, the voices, the the. The, the camera, the, the way the, the little puppets were so cute and, and it was so beautiful. And, and we started working and it was, it was 
very different because we went, he would come to my studio in Paris or in New York when we were working in New York and we, we would work very quickly, very quickly. It, it was, we were connecting. There was something just natural, obvious, smooth, and it's still the same, you know, when, when we start the new film. The first question is, oh, here's the script. How about its concept of music? And then we dig, we dig into the concept, put the instrumentation together. Mm-hmm. I start writing, I send him music to the picture I have. He comes over, we chuck, you know, we chop things. I start again. Oh, I love this section. Okay, I develop the section. And uh, the next day again and again, and then he goes very fast, very, very fast. And then when I, when I have all these demos, he goes back to the editing and and tries to mold both, you know, make merge them together. And it becomes so compact that you think that it was uh, filmed and, and composed at the same time because he readjusts the, the, the picture to the music and, and vice versa. And uh, so it's a very, very special and different way of working, which has been very beautiful through the years. What was the conversation then with regards to the French Dispatch, with regards to instrumentation and and also the idea of these these kind of chapters to this to this story in a way and the different characters. Well, first I mentioned the Dadaist, you know, the Dada uh, color of the story. To me, it, it, it's so unpredictable, rebel, uh, provocative, fun, fearless. That I I, I thought about the, the you know the early nineteen twenties in Switzerland and France, the, where the Dadaist movement started, and if I go back to that to, to the, this era, and I listen to the most Dadaist uh, composer, who was Eric Satie, he goes from piano to some kind of dancing band, uh, brass band mixed with piano and tinkling things. So we went for that concept as for the um, the sound, and then for the section, for example, when all the section with Benicio del Toro, it's just this this. Um, huge vast room where he's painting and and we thought that the piano would be so pure to create uh, the solitude of this man with his canvas and let the, the room ring from this piano to have this great, great pianist, Jean-Yves Thibaudet, who's a marvelous French, also pianist, <laughs> uh, who have worked before uh, in Los Angeles, in New York. And, and for the other sections, we tried to combine harpsichord, uh, bassoons, tuba, things that were not meant to be playing together, but it just works because it, mm. it, it, it uh, mirrors this crazy things happening on screen.
the performances, I mean, I almost feel like Wes gives actors the opportunity to play the characters that they are, they've always wanted to play, but they would never tell anyone, if that makes sense. I just think that you watch this film and you just go, they are having so much fun making this film. I love Frances McDermott and, and Timothy Chalamet together. I think those are just some of my favorite scenes as well. And but Benicio as well. It's like there's there's so much. It's such a rich film. And I love the whole in the arts and artists section of the film. There's this lovely almost, it almost feels like the cue is when it starts, is like a, it could almost be a piece of music from a silent movie. And I really kind of love that. I that's how I felt almost. And I love I felt quite transported by that. And I kind of like that notion. Yeah, because also there's this black and white moment at the beginning, uh, which uh, uh, switched to which switches to uh, to color with uh, Tilda Swinton character, who's so funny also with her so funny false the teeth, teeth. <laughs> as, as the art creator. She's, I mean, uh, I mean, this bunch of actors that West manages to to unite behind him, and technicians and, and you know composer. We're very lucky to have this uh, companionship because yes, we're having fun. We work, we work hard, but it, but it's, but it's you know for a good reason because we're having fun. And then we, and when we meet other premieres, uh, we also have fun, which is also a good moment to to share. <laughs> yeah. How important is it for you to be privy to those performances? Because, like you say, it feels like when you see it all cut together that they're that you don't know where the circle starts in terms of the marriage of the visuals and the music and stuff. You don't know where the starting point is because they are so beautifully entwined. But for you, how important is it to be, and are you always privy to the performances? Oh, they are. They're crucial because, you know, they, they give the pace, they give the energy also, not just the, uh, I, I don't just follow the, the camera moves or, or the editing. Uh, I also look at the actors. Actually, it's, my main concern when I write for a film in general is the characters and how the, the, the actors deliver the lines and how they move in the screen. Because I worked a lot in theater when I was uh, in my early years of a composer, I have learned to love and watch and listen to the actors a lot, which I, I, can, I can see when, I, you know, when I, I've had the opportunity to, to see the work of young composers working you know, in a class on the same piece of film. Mm. They look at the picture. They don't look at the actors. It's very strange. They look at, at what's happening on screen. No, no, that's the production design. It's great. We need to listen to, 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 listen to the production design, but to, to watch the actors. That's so interesting. I love that because I find as well that the, the way that this marriage works is that, I don't know, there's this weird thing sometimes with music where it, like, it's such a sensual experience, but sometimes it even ignites your smell in a way. Like it helps you kind of, and, and I find that particularly like with this film and particularly around, you know, the kind of the chef police cooking and the, the private yeah, dining yeah. room, those cues and stuff as well. There's a, you feel that steam and you can smell kind of what's around the table sort of thing as well.
And I wonder if that's a conversation that you have with with Wes, or you think about when it's the. I guess it's got to do with the with the instrumentation and the the rhythm. Yeah, you you just said it right. Yes, it's the rhythm, the tempo, uh, the instrumentation, the way music starts and stops, which is also very peculiar on Wes's movies. The only other director I can think of is Roman Polanski, where the start and stops of music are very, very peculiar and really, really special. If you look back at Chinatown, it's amazing how the music stops and starts, how silence is important as, as important as, as the music and how starting can propel a scene or stopping the music can propel a scene. And that's a very subtle, subtle ma- magic tour, you know? Yeah, good magic. Really good magic. <laughs> good kind of magic that we like. What was your reaction when you first read the script? Because, you know, as I said at the start, this film is bonkers, but it's brilliant. And it takes, you kind of go, right, I'm in, I'm on the flying, I'm on the Wes Anderson flying carpet and I am going, I'm on this journey, I'm on this trip. But I'm so interested to what, what it's like to read that script before you've, before it's visualized. What's the reaction when you it's- read it? It's what I said right away, Dada. It's Dada. It's Dadaist, and 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 it will be bonkers, and, and the music will be strange and 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 expected for what we see on the screen, and that's what we did. <laughs> it was just, it, it's, it's, it's 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 somehow it's quite straightforward because maybe because we know each other very well now, and I know that there are some, I mean, there's a world, a musical world that we we have now, kind of drone we know mm-hmm. you know there's a large circle and i know that in, in this bubble i can go grab this or that but there's a bubble and this bubble uh, i i think we have it now we know where we, in which bubble we are we are we are playing um so there's no false uh roots you know i, mm-hmm. I don't take the wrong the wrong detour yeah yeah to, to go to something too dark <laughs> or too yeah or too grand at the right at the wrong moment or too serious or to whatever you know and when it comes to you know because Wes sort of historically will have the odd needle drop in there as well whether it's the Beach Mm -hmm. Boys in Fantastic Mr Fox or Grace Jones popping up in in French Dispatch you know I'm assuming that you know in advance what's going to go what he's considering or what he's got clearance for where it's going to go because there's also a synergy either side of those as well in terms of it can't and it never does feel kind of that it's just been airdropped in, you know, it's, there's no clunkiness there. It's got a, like I say, there's a kind of, there's a morphing of e- either side of those in a way. Yeah, there's a cohesion uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, and because the um, his references are also very c- cinematic, uh, he, he, he understands what, what a piece can bring in terms of energy, rhythm, melody to the picture that he's, uh, he's um, editing.
music drifting from the bar. Yes, I've, I try to balance that, but I can't I have to be careful not to be too influenced by what is on, on uh, all the needle drop that's, that's coming uh, through the film. Though I've been lucky since Mr. Fox, the, uh, the amount of, of original score has increased a lot. Because you're doing a great job. <laughs> what more, more of you, less of that. Jarvis Cocker, however, will always be there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> contract he's like a football player he signed like a a 15-year deal with Wes that he signed up for every movie yeah yeah like Bill Murray yeah he's got to be there oh oh I will never tire of watching Bill Murray on screen he's just yeah it just makes me smile from the inside inside out watching watching and and in real life he's the same in real life he's the same do you go and watch filming do you go on set much no unfortunately I wish even this summer, I was hoping to go to Spain to, for the new film, but I, I've got too much on my plate to make a break yeah. and go to uh, locations, sadly. It's, it's hard at the minute as when well. I'll be there, the when I'll be, when I, when, yeah, also because of the COVID, it was difficult. Yeah. Maybe when, I, when I'm very old, maybe I'll do that next year. <laughs> come on, come on. And um, right, I want to talk about some of the other Wes films just briefly, if that's all right, because I've got some other stuff. I want to talk about Little Women in a second as well, because... I was lucky oh, yeah? enough to speak to Greta um, and I, I loved mm-hmm. that film so much. But um, fantastic, Mr. Fox. You know, it was interesting, you, uh, uh, that, that being your first film with him. And I don't know, were you, were you nervous coming on board with, to work with Wes Anderson? I mean, you had so much experience at that point already. So I imagine you were, you know, but I, I think being nervous is a good thing in a way because it kind of, you know, keeps you, on your, keeps you on your game sort of thing. But also with it being an animation, you've got, you know, you've, you do animation as well. I don't know if it's a different approach for you with working on a, a live action or animation, but what do you remember about that the start of that relationship and actually working on the film and coming up with that beautiful kind of almost sort of folky banjo kind of backdrop to the, the score for Fantastic Mr. Fox? Well, well, as you said, I'm nervous each time I start a film. You know, it's, it's, a, new, it's a new love story. It's like meeting a, you know, a new person you're going to have an affair with. It's, you don't know how, how things are going to go because you have to be so so near artistically, so close, so um, dedicated, so um, open to any suggestions, and at the same time be yourself. So it's a, it's a very difficult moment. Uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it does not. It's like in love. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't happen. And whatever you thought at first, it might not happen. So on Mr. Fox, very quickly, I remember 
um, I was asked to write a you know animation score with an orchestra, and, and I didn't feel it that, 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 that it was right because we have these beautiful little puppets like this little one here. Oh, you got one there. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my God! <laughs> oh, this little dog here. You see what I mean? Uh, so, they're just so beautiful. They're beautiful, and and so what? What? What the hell? Why the hell would I use a large orchestra for these little puppets? It's, it makes no sense. It's too obvious, or too big, or too too large. And and I suggested to do an orchestra, but in like if it was gone into a, wash, a washing machine, in, you know, <laughs> reduced with just one one piece of instrument for all the sections. So one violin, one viola, one cello, one bass, one flute, recorders, small instruments, everything compacted, smaller, reduced. It sounds so cute because it's at the size of the of the actors of the characters. Mm -hmm. Again, it's what I'm interested in. You know, I'm working on, with Stephen Frears on, on his new film, The Lost King, yeah. and Sally, Sally Hilkins is, is <gasps> the lead of the film. I I have to follow her moves. That's what I have to do. If I follow what's around her, it doesn't it doesn't work. It's what mm -hmm. is in her head that is important. It's the same with Mr. Fox. I go with the characters. Yeah, I mean, Christofferson's theme, particularly for me, is one of my favorites from, from that. I absolutely, it's so beautiful. Actually, on, on these themes because they were they were rather short, and I'm gonna I'm gonna work on them and extend them some at some point soon. Oh, that would be great! Oh, yes, please. And and also the kind of the whack bat majorette, the kind of there's there's so much scope of this sort of the tones and the the like you say they're they're there are character themes and they tell you so much about the characters that dialogue doesn't, and I love that. I think it's so it's a great insight into the characters through through the music. What about Grand Budapest Hotel? What were the conversations with regards to how that would be? Yeah, the instrumentation particularly on that. Well, very early on, we discussed the instrumentation. I remember, I think I have an email somewhere of, of Wes saying, 
how would you like to, before even sending your script, how would you like writing a score with zithers and, and uh, balalaikas? And I said, oh yeah, I can, that, I can have fun with that. I've, I've worked with, you know, Zipsy musicians before. I yeah. know that music very well of Metal Europa. And let's, yeah, let's try and figure out how we can work without an orchestra, without strings, without, you know, the, the usual stuff, the usual symphonic uh, band. That's what we did. You know, we put cymbalums and balalaikas, mandolin, and it creates a very a choir, and uh, it creates a very strange sound. Very like we did on Isle of Dogs, you know, with having saxophones and and male singers and 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 taikos. It's such a weird combination, <laughs> <laughs> but it but it matches the what we see. You know, yeah, and Moonrise Kingdom as well. That kind of you know the. Yeah. the... The outdoor nature of that, I think, as well, is really well reflected in the musicality of the score. And it's got a, you know, because I think it's it's the most external of Wes's films in terms of landscape and nature, really, in a way. A lot of, there, there's, it's so stylized and beautiful, but this felt like there was a real connection with nature with it in, in, in a way that I haven't really seen in his films, and which I, I thought was really beautifully reinforced with the score. I want to talk about two films before we run out of time, which is um, another two films. It was so hard looking down all your films and going, right, what am I going to talk to him about? Because there is a kind of like, okay. Um, and you mentioned Sally Hawkins there. And I mean, she is, she's special. I love, I could watch anything she does, actually. She's very, um, good, very, very good. She's so versatile as well. You know, the mum in Paddington 2 or... She's in Craig Roberts' new film, The um, Phantom of the Open, which she's so great in. She can do anything. Shape of Water, Water Film, Water Score. Um, and I know that you're working on Pinocchio, again with Del Toro as well. I wanted to find out about, yeah, the conversations about what that would be. Was that an easy film? To, I mean, I guess they're not easy, or maybe they are, to score. Shape of Water was, um, no, it was rather smooth. Um <laughs> Because, because the movie was so beautiful that you know when the movie is so it's so touching, beautifully directed, great cast, marvelous actors, you know, 
there's not much left to 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 wonder. You just you just jump into it and you do it. You dive and it's easy because again, it's a lot of work. But there's so much pleasure in each sequence that you try to put music on that it's fabulous to to work on such movies. Is that your first time working with him or had you worked with him previously? No, we had worked on a couple of, of animation movies, actually. Uh, uh, Rise of the Guardians. Uh, oh, I did great. some music for uh, for another uh, TV series, uh, which was called, I don't know what, whatever. Mm. And um, But it was our first yes, big one, yeah. How would you describe, because the, the idea that you, you work with so many different directors and, and he's he's an extraordinary visionary and I think that it's, it's so interesting watching what he's going to do next. He kind of, I like his... Um, I like how he surprises you really with his choices and with this one it was it was just yeah it was it was out there and I loved it and I loved the kind of uh, the the emotional context of it through this character you know this beast the creature actually that's one of my I love that piece of piece of score from the film as well it's really great But but what was he what was he asking of you with the score? What was he looking for with with Shape of Water for the for the purpose of the score? Because it's it's got a real not a darkness to it, but it's got a it's got that the kind of you know when you look through a dark green bottle and you can see the light through it. Yeah, there's a there's a dark melancholy about the film. His his technique as a director is so perfect. You know, he's so strong technically that. You never see the camera, everything is, is flawless. And you can feel when you watch Shape of Water that he's, he's in love with his characters. He mm. likes giving them lines. He, love, he, likes, he likes filming them. He's, he's really with them. And that brings the composer into the frame. It just, it just draws, me, draws me into the movie easily because it's, it's just uh, strong and, and deep and... He, he's a very emotional man also he like you know he's a kind big man so it, it, and you, you can you can feel it in his movies mm. wonderful storyteller
Um, what can you tell us about Pinocchio? Very excited about that. Oh, we've written the songs already that we've recorded with uh, the cast. Some great uh, actors, your fellow Scotman, um, Ewan McGregor, for example. He's got a good voice others. on him, hasn't he, Ewan? Beautiful. He's a great singer. He, I don't think he's got... Um, I, I spoke to him last year, actually, and we were talking about Moulin Rouge, and he was kind of... He was quite... Not dismissive of his kind of singing voice, but I was like... Yeah, it was quite interesting. It's quite interesting if someone like that kind of not you not have the full kind of confidence in themselves about it. But I think he's great. Uh, maybe it's, it's his shyness, but he he sings beautifully. I mean, we did we recorded his song, which is quite difficult in in a few you know in maybe an hour and a half or so, and it it was it was fabulous. It's, there's nothing I want to change. And he was in in a, in a studio somewhere in Los Angeles in his garage or whatever it was, and I was here in Paris and and. Because of the COVID, and, and uh, so we have the songs uh, with great performances by Christoph Waltz, by by uh, Ewan, and, and all the casts. And I will start uh, working on the film sometime soon. I mean, in, wow. at the end of the, the year or beginning of next year. How is it working on something that's got a kind of previous incarnation? You know, there's a there's a there's a there's a wallpaper of what was there previously, and and. And, and taking that and making something new from it. Well, luckily enough, the the script that uh, Guillermo wrote is is his script. It's his story. So yeah. even though it's Pinocchio, it's through his eyes and his mind. So it, I don't have to deal with any previous story. And you know, I I never saw. I, I haven't seen the, the original uh, film of Pinocchio where the story was actually completely twisted by uh, Disney, like he made. Like he did in many of his movies, he twisted the original story to make it his own. Well, yeah. Guillermo did the same. He took Pinocchio and made it his own. So I'm just I can't remember even the the original story, you know. But, yeah. So I'm I'm on with uh, Guillermo's uh, script, and that's what gave me gives me the, the line to follow. Before we do run out of time, I'd really love to talk about Little Women because I had the pleasure of chatting to uh, Greta about the film when it came out and. She was just, she couldn't talk highly enough of her experience of working with you on that film and what you did for the film and what it kind of, what it did for her really. And I, I just was interested to to find out from you what, first of all, what made you say yes to working on the project and what you remember from that experience. The story, I mean, the, the, you know, the, my sister, my older sisters used to read the book when I was a kid. I remember yeah. them reading that book in France, Les Filles du Dr. March, Les Quatre Filles du Dr. March. Uh, that was the French title. Fantastic cast. I love the story. It's beautiful. Um, and Greta had shown a lot of talent in a previous movie that I couldn't score. No, it was all. There was nothing to, you know, to 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 refuse. There's no way that I could refuse this film. And I was very happy because she she's a she's got so much enthusiasm and and, and passion for what she does. Each time I would send her uh, a piece. She said, oh, I love it, but is there another option? So I tried another option, and she would keep all the options. (laughs) 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 So I actually recorded twice the score, maybe, in terms of Mm. minutage. Uh, (laughs) You know, she used this there or that here, and Mm. she was was really excited by the, the, I think, by the the process. And, And I was too. So I'm looking forward to do another one with Greta. Yes. Christmas morning is one of my favorite cues from from that. I love the simplicity of the 
Yeah, it reminds me of kind of tiptoeing downstairs mm -hmm. to see mm -hmm. if the presents are there, if anybody's awake yet. <laughs> must have been burning a few months ago because I was uh, lucky enough to do a, a kind of in conversation with Mr George Clooney and the, yeah. the way he talked about working with you on the midnight sky was amazing he was just it was so lovely and it's so exciting I love when when actors make that and Greta's the same I guess you know in terms of actors making that journey behind the screen the, the camera to to create and make and uh, I think he's a fantastic filmmaker I really do I think he's he's got um He's got great vision and you can tell that he's been a sponge and he's just taken in all this stuff with all these different directors that he's worked with over the years and using that and taking what bits he needs to allow him to tell the stories that he wants to tell. What was the experience like working on Midnight Sky? Was it a, was, was a, was it a good experience for you working with George? And, and what's his kind of relationship with music as a director? What, how does he work with music? How's his kind of com conversation and collaboration on that front? Well, the best statement I can make is that George is a, is a gentleman. Hmm. In, all, in, all, in all his behavior and uh, uh, in work, in private, every, it's, he's always a gentleman. And he loves music. He's passionate with music. He, you can feel when you play music to him that he's vibrating with the, with the notes. He, hmm. Because he's been raised with uh, his aunt Rosemary Clooney and around musicians, so as much as he doesn't play music, he can feel the music, and he can feel the music in his films. He can feel when the music is right. He's very open to what I do, to what I stand. If he has corrections, I give them, you know, notes. He gives them to me, and I change. Sometimes I'm too shy, and I, I try to to be more um, braver, or maybe not braver, but you know, wider. And, Sometimes I go back to my European style of writing and, and he pushes me to be sometimes a bit larger. But he's always very supportive, very enthusiastic, very sweet, very... He's, he's great. He's, he's, uh, he's wonderful. And Midnight Sky was a... There was so much music to write. It was a huge, huge score to write. Yeah. Huge.
It was great. It was so kind of interesting to hear about how how he looks after his um you know his his team it would be that on screen team or behind the screens you know Felicity I had the pleasure of chatting to and you know she kind of discovered she was pregnant sort of as they were filming and so he just wrote it into the the story it's kind of like wow it's like not everybody would would be that kind of person and it's the way it should be but not everybody would be that person and it's kind of it's so refreshing to hear that that the world has um has you know some kind of really good people in it really <laughs> yeah, in the world of cinema. Well, he has a wonderful soul, and uh, and he shows it. He's not yeah. he's not conservative of his of his uh, gentleness. He, he he shares his uh, his love, his passions, his uh, his melancholy sometimes, and uh, and uh, he's happy to work with the people he's chosen to work with. He loves them, and so we love him in return. Mm. It's as simple as that. We've run out of time, I'm afraid. I could uh, I could talk to you for hours because. Well, not just because it's you, but because you've written so many brilliant scores. Um, we've got another three films coming out in the next year, so hopefully we get a chance to chat again, sir. And I hope to get to okay. see you in person as well, because it's always a pleasure. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Edith. Au revoir, merci. Ciao. Nice range, by the way. <laughs> From Midnight Sky, that's A Child by Alexandra Desplat, uh, rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with the French composer. My huge thanks to Alexandra for taking the time to talk to us. It is so brilliant to finally get the chance to talk to him for this podcast, and I hope that it is the first of many episodes that he will join us for. The French Dispatch is on general release now. Go and see it at the cinema. It is a real experience. It's just a lot of fun. Bonkers and brilliant, I think is how I described it with Alexandra. And just a great, great entertaining film, as always, from Wes Anderson. Uh, The score, also, if you're a fan of score and like to either download them or buy them in vinyl, which I like to do, it's been released by Abco Records. That's A-B-K-C-O Records. Uh, you can link to a Spotify playlist for the show at edithbowman.com. Uh, so we put a playlist up for every episode. So all the music that we play, because we can only play tiny clips of it within the episode, but we uh, put the playlist up with the tracks in the order they appear in the podcast so you can hear them in their entirety. And edithbowman.com is also the place to catch up with every single episode of this podcast today, including my two chats with the aforementioned Greta Gerwig. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are at Soundtracking UK, where we'll put up audio and video clips from conversations past, present and future, just to give you either a little reminder of some of the people that we've had on or to celebrate some of their brilliant work. Next up, very excited to have together Edgar Wright, who has obviously been on the show many times, and to welcome Christy Wilson-Cairns, who co-wrote 
Last Night in Soho with Edgar. She also co-wrote 1917 with Sam Mendes. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. <laughs>